0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of I Know That Face, the only podcast which honors the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. My name is Stephen Porzia. For this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dublin-based Italian writer-director Chiara Viale about her film The New Music, now available to rent and buy from iTunes and Sky Store in Ireland. It's a really warm coming-of-age movie set in Dublin. It centres on a classically trained pianist who, after being diagnosed with Parkinson's, embarks on a path of self-discovery, leading him to join a punk band. He and his new friends' rebellious lifestyle and music provide a distraction to his troubles and a sharp contrast to his old life. Kiara told me about the research that went into portraying young onset Parkinson's on screen, what punk means to her, her love of Dublin, and also how happy she was to get to screen the film in a few cinemas prior to the pandemic. It was a very fun chat. I hope you enjoy it. For the last time, what do you want me to tell you? Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four... Sit down write your songs and speak, you know? Congratulations yeah. on the new music getting distribution and being released to the masses. And the film first premiered at uh, Indie Cork Film Festival in 2019 where it won the Spirit of Indie Cork Award. And so it's been nearly a year and a half since it's screened there and you've been waiting for this point. And now that it's here, you must be thrilled. Can, can you talk a bit about that, the road to getting distribution and how you're feeling now?
0: Well I'm absolutely uh, delighted and excited about uh, the new music being released uh, in Ireland and in the UK this week and uh, it's been a long journey and I always wanted the film to uh, reach as many people as possible and with everything that happened in 2020 and these difficult times I think there wouldn't be a best way for people to get to see it uh, in the comfort of their homes and safe. And it's amazing that um, Silver Mountain Distribution has decided to help us bring the film out and that they have been looking after it so well and, and one-on-one films in the UK and, and Ireland. Uh, and this is just uh, absolutely fantastic for um, a film like the new music with this humble starts. And... Uh, It's aim, especially, you know, it's a film about awareness. So the idea of just having it reaching as many people as possible, it's always been at the centre of all our wishes from the beginning. And uh, just to have even the press we got this week, you know, every time I do see uh, a film about Parkinson's, young Parkinson's coming up and punk, you know, it always brings a smile to my face, just uh, how far we went from where we started. So it's just uh, absolutely lovely and I'm very, uh, very excited and, and delighted about it all.
1: <laughs> and uh, before we discuss the movie in depth, uh, I was curious about your background because I know like me, um, you're an Italian based in Ireland. I think it's a little different. I came over when I was two. I think mean, you came over uh, to study, which you were studying screenwriting. Uh, what was it about the city that made you want to stay and then eventually make movies here?
0: Well, I the first time I came to Dublin, I was sixteen, and I I came in uh, um, English learning uh, trip uh, two, two, of two weeks, and I stayed in Maynooth College and with a bunch of other Italian and Spanish people. Uh, I was one of those people with a little backpack around around Dublin at the time, and I just loved the uh, there's something there's something about Ireland and there's something about Dublin that just uh, I don't know. I just think it perspires art and, and music, and, and there's such kindness everywhere. People, people are absolutely kind, and I feel always, you know, in, in Italy, you kind of are always kind of looking exactly how you're wearing, what you're wearing, you know, how you are. I, I used to be when I was a teenager, very self-conscious of and very shy, and and when I came came to Ireland, I always felt so much that I I was just welcomed the way I was. It was more of a feeling than anything, just the sense that I could really be myself here, that I could really express who I was. Um, and so it kind of started this big love f- for, for Ireland uh, on, on my side. And I came back when I was 19 to Dublin to au pair uh, for a year, when between secondary school and university. And again, it was the best year of my life up to date was the year I, I decided to come to Dublin. And then um, I did move back to study foreign languages and literature in, in, in Milan. But I always had it in the back of my head. This is this is the place and this is a place I want to be. And it took me a while to get back. Um, and I think I wanted to just make sure when I moved back here in 2015, is this the place? Is this really the place or is this just my, my uh adolescent memory of ireland like is this gonna work practically as a grown-up is this going to work and he did and it just opened up again so many more uh opportunities for me and i got i got to start making films here as well so absolutely i think that that calling you know <laughs> that ireland had on me when i was that young it was a thing that i had to follow i guess
1: did you street screenwriting in dublin right
0: Yes. So I I moved in. Um, I didn't really know that I was going to uh, get get into film, really, Um, because I've always been writing. So I've been writing since I was very, very young and I really wanted to get into film, but I didn't know absolutely no idea how to get into film. All I knew was that people had cameras, and you know, and there were scripts. But I didn't know how to write a script. I didn't know anything about it, and none of my friends and uh, and none of, of my the, the adults in my life when I was growing up uh, had anything, you know, any any window that they could open for me to just even have a look. You know how, how this actually was. So he stayed in again in one of those things in the back of my head as a wish, and I but I absolutely wanted to get into it, and I did start writing a few scripts even before before coming here, but just without really having any clue about how to do it. And then when I came when I came to Dublin, and I I started uh, having a look at the Dublin Filmmakers Collective, and uh, and I really really felt like. This feels right, the right thing to do. This feels this feels right. And I started because up to then I would have only wrote in Italian. So I wrote my first script in English and something just clicked and I started studying. So I started, first of all, I got loads of books from the library, everything I could get my the library, just bought every, got everything, uh, bought something, got something else from there. And I did a lot of self-study. And then uh, from there, I, then I did go into, into study screenwriting um, with Barry McAvoy first. And then I got, I took some classes with uh, FNI here and this really helped. Um, so this, this is kind of w- what I've done. So it was more of a, I kind of, again, bumped into things in, in, a, in a proactive and in a positive way. And so this is all really the, um, the product of, 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 in a way, circumstance. And just the, the, the love and the warmth that was, that's always been around me since since I came to Ireland.
1: Right. And I was curious, um, when you were honing your craft as a sc- screenplay writer, what did you find helped you become better at it? Was it studying older screenplays and, you know, working at like, oh, this thing happens in this act or this act? Or was it you writing your own stuff and then getting pointers on that and ways to improve? What, what did you find best or was it a mix of everything?
0: I can say it's a bit of a mix. So the first big thing for me to learn was the technicalities of it. This, you know, screenwriting is its own language. So how do you actually get to understand what what do people expect when they open a screenplay? So all your formatting, all you know how to really put it on the paper the best way. And then of course for for that of course um, learning, but as well uh, reading a lot of screenplays has been absolutely crucial. So just see how other people do this, you know. And so like the structure and then the the rules around it. And then after after I got that to, to a place that that I felt kind of comfortable with, that I wasn't hesitating all the time in terms of structure, I was then able to properly get into the, the feeling part of it all which you know as as a person that that wrote you know f- for a very long time transferring those ideas into into screenplays and and just kind of going from this is my idea and I'm going to make it straight into so that the language that I choose to tell the story with is the screenplay language you know when you write a short story you, you're or, or a long story you're trying to when you're writing prose find the right words not just finding the right words but just crafting the page and everything that people are seeing with words that make people will see what what you're trying to tell them and with the screenplay it felt almost like it was the way around so as little words as you can but exactly the right words. (laughs) And it's always been, uh, for me, it was extremely fascinating. I remember, especially at the beginning, sitting there and thinking, what am I seeing exactly right now in my head? The very image and putting that very image on the page as precise as possible. And also then polish and polish and polish. (laughs) Writing a screenplay is almost like writing a poem. Poetry as well, It's it's an art form where you're really distilling the one feeling and and the screenplay is the same so in order for it to be striking and strong it has to be so profoundly connected with our own truth as writers and and as people that then when it gets to the screen it it really speaks for itself and it just you know goes straight into people's hearts that i guess immediacy of communication is what made me absolutely fall in love with with screenwriting
1: that's fascinating your movie that you wrote and directed is about a young classically trained pianist and his struggle after being diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's and I read in the press materials that your father had passed away from multiple system atrophy which has similar symptoms to Parkinson's was that part of what made you want to tackle the subject in your first film?
0: Um, yes. So in the, again, the 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 path always to, to get to these things are uh, it's it's interesting because it's it's a lot easier to look at things in retrospective. So when I did start to, to write about the new music, um, all I really knew was uh, I wrote loads of stories about bands when I was a teenager. I really wanted to write a story about a band, and I had met many people through the years. Well, a number of people who had their lives completely turned upside down by external events. And that—that's a thing that I think always resonated with me. I had a girl in my class when I was in, in secondary school who wanted to be uh, a classical ballerina. and She had an accident, and she had to le- literally learn learn again. And I remember I was only six seventeen when that happened, and that really stayed with me because I thought, "Wow, I don't have—I don't know what I want to do with myself." But here's a person, seventeen, she's sure about what she wants to do, and now she, she—she's—you know—she has to go back and. and Make you know get get that to happen again for herself, fight for it all over again, and and her the way her, she had thought about her life now changed, and she has to redefine herself. So those were things that kind of I think w- were within me at the time. And when it comes to my own personal connection, I feel by now I know that I needed to talk about this, a rare condition, and and the impact it has on someone and and their families you know after my my father passed away i think i really was kind of going through all these emotions and they needed to get out get on the paper so this is why i think that immediate connection with parkinson's happened with me for me because when i started researching of on what can be this one thing that happens to my character so that he can't play his instrument anymore, which was my original idea. And I bumped into Parkinson's and I it was a rare condition. It really, this term, you know, rare, you know, stayed with me because MSA, multiple system atrophy is also rare. Any, anybody who gets diagnosed with something like that goes through this phase necessarily of nobody knows uh, what I have. Um, so every time you tell so what 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 does does your dad have, and I'd be like Yes, I'm say every time you have to explain it all over again to people, there was a lot of isolation and a lot of uh, of loneliness, a lot of fear because the late, the, late, the less the least you know about your condition, the more you don't know what to expect from the future. All of that I think got condensed a little bit in the new music in places especially the, in the character of Adrian, of course, and, and his relationship with his mother in the film. So that sense of feeling lost and also a little bit um, that first reactions of, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I don't know how to talk about it. My family comes back with all these cliched, sometimes uh, questions like, you know, are we going to talk to another doctor, for example, or, or, or things like that. And because this is what people do, um, they don't know how to help. So like I wouldn't have known uh, how to talk to my dad because he was going through all these difficult things, and I didn't know I didn't didn't know how to approach it. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get overprotective, or sometimes you just don't know what to say, and so there's awkwardness and embarrassment and all these things. So I guess in in the new music I very briefly cover these things, and I try to give it my what I wish. You know, for, for everyone to happen that there can be closure again at the end. So, Adrian and his mother, by the end of the film, go back to to uh, have a good relationship. She understands him. He's kinder to her again uh, after having to run away and having to to kind of draw back into himself. Now he's ready to to be you know loving again and understanding and and helping her through this process so they can do it together as a family again. You know. Mm.
1: As you heard in the intro, this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts. There's plenty of other great shows to check out on the network. Here's a taster of one. Come on, sissy that pod, let's get sickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy Award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars. Sissy.pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy.pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play! I know that Fates are also delighted to finally get to tell listeners about Headstuff Plus. Headstuff Plus is the one-stop shop for everything on the Headstuff Podcast Network, Ireland's largest podcast network and the one to which I Know That Face belongs. If you're a fan of I Know That Face or any other shows on the network, become a member of Headstuff Plus and get bonus episodes of Headstuff shows, other exclusive content, merchandise, early access to live events, and lots more. We here at I Know That Face have already recorded a handful of bonus episodes where myself and Andrew talk about more current news and releases in the world of film and TV, but also in the future, we have plans for more actor-themed series as well, along with releasing episode outtakes, accompanying articles, etc. All for Headstuff Plus subscribers. To sign up to Headstock Plus, it's just €5 euro plus VAT per month. When you sign up, no matter what show or shows you are supporting, you still get access to everything. All the bonus material for all the podcasts on the network. A lot of great podcasts. Plus, by doing so, you'll be supporting I Know The Face to bring you more top material. For all the details and to sign up, visit headstuffpodcasts.com. And now, back to the show. The film is supported by Young Parkinson's Ireland, and I was, I was curious, did you reach out to them as you were researching and you know writing the script for advice, or did you speak to people who suffer from the illness? Uh, what were the preparations that went into uh, your depiction of the disease and making sure it was accurate and also sensitive?
0: I approached um, myself and Philip Kidd, uh, who produced the film with me, we approached a Young Parkinson's Ireland after I've done the first draft of the script, and my biggest concern about it all, and the one concern about everything, was that I wanted to give a real representation of, of Parkinson's in that specific moment in time for the character. So Claire Connolly from YPI read the script for me, and she meet, met up with me, and I, we started a communication, just a steady communication with the Parkinson's Association and uh, especially in terms of again this representation, but also to make sure that then when we went from script to screen and we had our drafts and we, we had our, our cuts of, of the film, they could have a look at them and they could approve that this sound, this looks okay. It doesn't just reads okay on paper, but it looks okay. So what, what's on screen, we, we feel that is truthful. I, I did get positive feedback from the Parkinson's community about the film. It was just a fantastic journey together, and I just want to also thank them <laughs> here in, on the podcast for for all the support
1: you'd said before that it's a very rare condition um young onset parkinson's and i don't think it's come up in many movies i've seen before and uh, to be honest i think i would known it prior to the new music mostly through michael j fox's diagnosis so i found your film very eye-opening in regard to the topic and I was curious, what, what do you think are the benefits of portraying these rare diseases on screen? Because I felt the movie really made me think about what people diagnose with it go through, but it also goes to great lengths to show that you can manage to live a very fulfilling life with young onset Parkinson's. And I, I think, it, as you hinted about there, the character of in your film seems actually a lot happier after being diagnosed You know, with his new friends in his punk band than prior to it.
0: I wanted to make a film, as I said, mostly about this sense of when something happens to us and you know Parkinson's is is the condition I chose to talk about in the film but I I hope that this really kind of comes across even for people that might be experiencing other things in life so when something happens it changes you the best thing is to try to see and find out and you can't do that alone you need community to do that you know
1: you should also say that your movie is called The New Music and it features characters in a punk band as well. And I was curious, are you a fan of punk music or any punk bands in particular? Because I liked your use, in it, use of it in the film as a sort of release for Adrian and as a way for him to vent his frustrations, both with his diagnosis, but also his sort of uptight family.
0: Punk music is really important for me. And especially at the time when I was writing the film and right before I was writing the film... It really influenced me. I think it, re- it liberated me as a writer and, and as a filmmaker. This happened mostly because I discovered punk music quite late. Realistically, like I was more of a metalhead and and you know listened to a lot of rock music growing up. And then I got to the point where I knew all the bands I liked, and I was just not getting as much anymore from from the, from that music. And then I started listening to. Especially the type of punk that it's in the film, new punk rather than the traditional, let's say, Sex Pistols kind of, you know, Ramon's kind of punk. I felt a sense of relief listening to this music because of the rawness of it and the depth that people go. You know, so there's there's lots of songs in the film, and the artists in our soundtrack are all like that. So they're, they're they're independent artists, and they put everything they have in in their songs and in their music. I almost felt, of course, this is my own experience with it, but I almost felt that they were telling me, what are you afraid of? You know, what, what, what are you afraid of? Just just go out there, write your thing, make your film, you know, do it. Like, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be up to whatever perfection you have in your own mind, you know, perfection. It's almost something that we use not to allow ourselves to, to, to do the things we want to do, especially creatively. You know, it's almost a little, a door that's closed, you know. You can't make it perfect, so you might as well not do it altogether, you know. And punk music really has that that sense of just go and do what you love and, and do it and it doesn't matter, you know. It's not about perfection and it's also not about success. It's about expressing yourself because you have to, because it's what you need to do, because of what you love. So do, do what you love is, is this big message behind behind the soundtrack of the film, and it's the message behind the film in itself. Life happens to us and things happen to us, but what we love can't be taken away, really, from us unless we let it, so we can hold on to this.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing that punk ethos is in the story of the movie, but also in the way it was made as well, which is great. The new music joins a long line of great coming-of-age films as well as great films about music. Um, Were there any movies you were thinking of in terms of tone when you were writing it or shooting it?
0: I think the Irish sense around the new music and the city of Dublin and this, the sense of going around the city and the city being so lively and so full of music all the time. That's quite the, in a way the, the the vibe I got at the time when I watched once, for example. And I, I particularly absolutely love the scene when uh, Glenn is playing guitar in Grafton street at night uh, and really putting all this passion in the song is, is playing. And then, when the character comes up to him, he says, oh, people don't want to listen to this in daytime. You know, I have to play this in nighttime, you know. So I, that scene, for example, that always stayed with me and definitely in the sense of in terms of the vibe, of the roughness of it all, it really did inspire it. And I took some inspiration from Good Vibrations as well in the sense of that surprise. There's, there's a scene in Good Vibration where the, the main character listens to punk for the first time and he just has to, you know, it just changes him. He just has to start jumping and then it just brings him all this joy all of a sudden, you know? So I, I did take inspiration from that because it was true about me, <laughs> but also a little true about Adrian, you know, because of course he doesn't have this, you know, it wouldn't be possible for him to have the same reaction, but it still changes him. Like the moment he listens to The cellmate's live, that's a no-go-back point. It says that, that music that I never liked it's influencing me. I don't like how I feel about this. You know, I I don't know how to how to how to come to terms with this. And then when he does, he opens up his heart.
1: And you assembled this young cast of fresh faces for the new music, who I thought were very good. Um, particularly uh, Martina Babasova as the drummer Jody. Uh, when you're making a movie with with a lot of heart like this, and where characters gradually grow to form strong bonds with each other, I imagine casting is very important. And couple that with the need for musicians. How did you go about selecting your actors?
0: The cast going to be music was mostly made out of people we already knew. So yeah. either myself, Philip, and I knew Killian already, and um, I, I, I wrote the character of Adrian with the Killian McAvoy in mind, and um, I already knew Patrick O'Brien who plays David, and and Martina, um, F- Philip knew Martina, and she came up to me. I, I I thought that she she wouldn't want to do it because she was already playing like. Bigger roles. I'm like she'd never want to be in my film, um, but then she did approach me and said, "I absolutely love this. I want to do this." And I, the moment I saw her, and I, I thought, "That's that's Jodie." Like the, especially her hair, but her attitude and everything. And my Martina was very happy to to, to do um, a film where she could play that character. And for for Jack Fenton, who plays Will, we, we casted that. We, we put up a casting call for for the, the character. And again with him. He he just he just came into the audition room and we had uh, we already had um, Killian Martina and and Patrick casted at the time and so we had the three of them in the room with him and um, they just clicked perfectly together and for the character of of Will I really had a very clear idea of how Will was would look like what it would sound like and um, and he had he he had to be a very strong character. But also a really strong personality. Like he had to have this big personality that would just be all over the place all the time. And because he is the counter he counterbalances Adrian in the in the story. So is the more open Will is, the more withdrawn Adrian is. So they they really had to be both very powerful, have very powerful egos. You know, I always think about you know, Adrian being the keyboardist, kind of all going like, you know, I've, I'm classically trained, and I want to know everything that's going to happen here, and then we'll just, you know, throw in the set list out of the window. And So, like, I really hmm. th- feel, and, and, and I really kind of make up in my head these little stories about them, so... And and for and the rest of the cast, um, it, most of them were people we knew.
1: You know, the movie was shot in Dublin, and it feels like it has a real sense of place, and there was that Guardian review that... Um... Said it made the critic want to jump on a plane and explore a new city, which is lovely. Um, were there challenges to getting that right, and you know, what was it like shooting in all those bustling environments?
0: Well, it's it, it's much about we we really kind of went went with the vibes, so we knew where uh, the locations would be, and I had a, ma- a map, this very same map that Adrian has in the story, the tourist map of Dublin. I had my own map, and I started drawing i drew the, the streets where i wanted to go and get shots and and then when we did pick up shots as well and then the b-rolls where we got them so i kind of knew more or less where i wanted these characters to live some streets that if you live in dublin you go through all the time they might not be the big you know the attractions those back lanes you know if you think about you know the the cellmates what would they stop to look at they probably would stop to look at the at the graffiti that stop to look at the busker and that, that, you know, they take the little roads rather than the main roads because the, the big roads in Dublin town city, are centre are packed with people all the time. So they probably take the little roads and again I I really love Dublin so it was just fantastic just to be walking on the streets with the camera and take all these shots
1: and I attended that sold out IFI screening this time last year pre-COVID and the movie really seemed to go down well and there was this lively Q&A and I was curious did you have a good night and it must have been you know something to cherish getting to screen your film in public especially given for most of the last year none of us have been able to go to the cinema at all.
0: Yeah, I feel very very lucky that we got the chance to do that. I'm still so thankful to the iFi for having us. Like for me, the iFi is the best place to go in Dublin. It's not only my favorite cinema, but I, you know, it's a place where you'll get a cup of coffee and, you know, yes, the shop, you can go and buy DVDs you wouldn't find in other places and the the, the place itself is just a jam in the, in the middle of Dublin. So the moment when we knew that, you know, we, they, they wanted us for the Irish focus, I, I, I was so happy I didn't know how to really, you know, even express my feelings. <laughs> for me, making a film and having the film there, it's like the the highest place that I thought, like when I was sitting there and I saw the new music coming up on the screen, in screen one at the hi I'm like, okay, I'm the, like, you know, that's it. And the night was incredible. And it was lovely because the, their previous screening had been at the IndieCorp Film Festival. And and there was a lot of people uh, at Indie Court that had been following the film since the beginning. So it was a very much like almost like finally, our casting crew gets to see it film on the big screen as well. So it had that, but I guess the I-5 felt a lot like, there's a lot of people I don't know here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, so it was it was lovely. And of course the Q&A was fantastic with, with Gary from with YPI because having a person with Parkinson's coming in and answering questions about the film um, really made everything a lot more real for people. After the iFi, we went to Chicago with the film to the Chicago Irish Film Festival. So that was technically the last, the last screening we had uh, of the film before uh, COVID started. So I, again, feel very lucky. I also feel that this, this way that the film is being released on VOD is right now the best way to go. Not not just um, because there is restrictions at the moment, but because you know the situation, of course, is very difficult for everyone. So I feel better knowing that people can just sit on their couch, get their own popcorn, and and, and watch the film. <laughs> you know, and then hopefully in the future when it's safe, I hope to be able to put it, you know, put into cinemas again. It will be absolutely fantastic.
1: The movie was a uh, non-profit production. Um, I was curious, what does that entail, and. Are any of the movie's proceeds going to Young Parkinson's Ireland?
0: The film was born non-profit because we feel that the Parkinson's Association of Ireland, uh, YPI, they absolutely need support um, with everything they do. Young Parkinson's Ireland has programmes every year of incredible things. They do meetings, take people together, they have loads of initiatives coming up. So we really want uh, wanted from the very start to support them with this film. So, for the film to be a tool of awareness, and possibly, hopefully, for them to get money out of it, so everything that the film makes, everything that the production makes from sales, goes goes to them.
1: That's really wonderful. And you have a production company. Uh, I think it's called Built to Fail Productions. What's next for you now that the new music is out? Is there anything you've been working on in lockdown?
0: You know, as many other writers have been writing, I've <laughs> been writing quite a lot. I'm. Uh, developing a new screenplay and I'm putting lots of ideas in for, for more scripts. I'm I'm kind of keeping it at a, at a script uh, level at the moment with everything and um, we, we have um, a short film uh, called The Plot out from from Built to Field Productions that screened at IndieCore Film Festival and that Disappear Here Film Festival so I hope that one will be travelling a little bit more and for the rest we've just, just been in development
1: brilliant good luck with that thanks so much for taking the time and speaking to me and congratulations again on the film i really enjoyed it
0: thank you so much for having me and it's been absolutely fantastic and thank you
1: that was my interview with writer director chiara vialli i hope you liked it the new music is out now on itunes and sky store i'll put links in the show notes to where you can find it thanks to sharlene fernandez for editing this episode follow i know that face on facebook twitter and instagram Please also sign up to Headstuff Plus to unlock special bonus episodes of I Know The Face and also to support the show to bring you more great content. We'll be back in two weeks on our main feed with a brand new episode. Until then, see you later, cinephiles.
0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.